Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back on the program again today. Great to have this opportunity to once again open up God's Word and get together with all of our listeners, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more from those rich teachings in the Scriptures. God has given us His Word to instruct us as to how we can live according to His will. And He has laid out the best plan for mankind. There is no better life than the life of being faithful to God, living according to his teachings, following his commands, and accepting the promises, the blessings, the hope, the encouragement, the direction that he gives us. But you know, sometimes he chastises us through his word. He corrects us, rebukes us, and even disciplines us. But all of that is, again, to guide us in the best life that a person can live in this world, looking forward to the eternal life with him in heaven. Now, a lot of people, they just want to have it their own way. They just want to do whatever they want to do and not have any responsibility toward anybody else or any other discipline of life other than that which they have determined to live on their own. Well, that really does not work very well for anybody. Ultimately, it ends in disappointment and sadness, in really damage to relationships and to whatever goal that a person might have in life. Because you see, we have to ultimately reconcile ourselves to the point, to the, to the fact that we cannot just live by ourselves. We have got to submit to the guidelines, the instructions, the restrictions of the society around us, the culture in which we live, the laws of the land, and so on. But beyond that, and much deeper than that, is if we want to have the best life that we can live with the greatest happiness and the greatest hope and the greatest promise, and that being of eternal life with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven, then we're going to have to submit to God's will. But God is not an oppressive overseer or governor or kind of ruler over us. God is a loving father. He wants the best for us. And so that's why he has given us the guidance that he has given us in his word. It's unfortunate that so many people do not realize that, that fact. And so they rob themselves of the opportunity for having the best life that they can live. The best life that is available to anybody on this earth. We want to help you come to God. We want to help you understand his will. We want to help you realize how much he loves you. And really, we're at a loss as human beings to fully realize just how much God loves us. But we can think about passages of Scripture such as John 3.16, very familiar to so many people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And as the Apostle Paul put it in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And as Peter put it in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
but we have to make up our own minds. He leaves the choice up to us. But the choice is only between two realities and two destinations, and that is eternal salvation with God or eternal condemnation with Satan, eternal life in heaven or eternal damnation in hell. We make the choice, you and I individually, and everybody else who lives in this world. Now, at the end of the program today, we're going to give you the information by which you can contact us. You can write that down, so have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and then you can contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. It is free, and we'll even take care of the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free, and we'll take care of the postage. So we want you to write that down. We want you to contact us. We want to send those materials to you. And again, they're free, and they will always be free. We hope that as we study together, that your faith in God will grow, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, and that that growth in your faith will lead you to want to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, as you repent of your sins, confess your faith in Him as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, and surrender to Him in baptism, being immersed in the waters of baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. As Peter taught the Jews on Pentecost in, Rome, in, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent therefore and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, thinking about that, and we try to bring that out on a regular basis in the program. But it really leads us into our study that we have been looking at and going through for the last several programs. We've been talking about how life is short, and then asking the follow-up question, are you ready for what comes next? In Psalm 90 and verse 10, we noted that the psalmist talked about the longevity of life, or in terms of eternity, we're really talking about the brevity of life, because there we see what seems to be God's final restriction as to how long an individual will live upon the face of this earth. So the psalmist writes, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years, 70 years or 80 years. Now, I've pointed out that all of us would say, well, I know a lot of people who have lived past 80 years. They've lived to be 85 or even 90. Some of us may have known of people who lived to be over 100. But we're talking about, generally speaking, on average, we're talking about people living to be 70 to 80 years old, right around those, those timelines. Now, Again, I've done lots of funerals for people over the years as a minister of the gospel, and I have done funerals for people who were over 80 years old when they died, but I've also done a lot of funerals for people who were way under 80 years old. I've even done funerals for children and newborns. So you see, when you look at putting all of those figures together and kind of averaging them out, probably if you looked at at uh, scales or, or charts of longevity that insurance companies keep, 
they probably say, yeah, you know, somewhere around 70 to 80 years is the general kind of time frame of the longevity of physical life on this earth. Well, that's a reality. Life is short. When you think about it in terms of eternity, life is really short. You know, some of the scripture accounts in the early pages of the Old Testament, going back to the early chapters of Genesis, we see that there were people who lived to be, at that time, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. They sometimes lived to be as many as seven or eight hundred years. Adam lived to be over, a, over 900 years. Methuselah, the oldest recorded uh, individual in the scriptures, well over 900 years, getting up toward a thousand years. Well, just imagine that. When you think about somebody living to be nearly a thousand years old, well, 70 or 80 years really looks rather short, doesn't it? But then we saw in Genesis chapter 6 that God, he, put, he kind of curtailed that lifespan. He put a limit on it. And he said man's years would be 120. And then as we just noted in Psalm 90, we see that later on God limited that even more. And he said 70 years. Or if by reason of strength, 80 years. That would be the lifespan of mankind. And so it is. You know, a lot of people, they live in this world, they live through their physical lives as though there is no end. They're 20, 25 years old, 30, 35 years old, 40 years old, and they just think they're big and bad as far as being self-secure in their lifespan. And they're not really thinking about that as the years go by, the, their lifespan is getting shorter and shorter. I used to think back about how long it would be until I reached a certain age based upon whatever my age was at that time. And I would think, well, I've got a long time to go. But, you know, as the years went by, that long time that I envisioned in my mind has become shorter and shorter. And so it is for every one of us. We don't have unlimited time in this world unlimited time to live our lives and get right with God, we have a short time. And we need to be taking advantage of that because that is the reality for every one of us. Now, unless the Lord comes again first, every single one of us is going to die. We have seen numerous scriptures that use very graphic language that help try to help us understand just how short life is in comparison to eternity and try to get us to realize that in view of that fact, we need to be ready for what comes next. In Job chapter 7, verses 6 and 7, we read, swifter than a weaver's shuttle. Now, if you ever seen a weaving machine and somebody using that and, and casting that shuttle, throwing it back and forth through that loom, it's incredibly fast. And so that was something that people could relate to at that time because weaving was more common on a general basis for people. They would make their own clothes most of the time or at least a great deal of the time. So that was an illustration that would be really uh, recognizable by the people of that day, swifter than a weaver's shuttle. 
And then he goes on and says, life is but a breath. Well, we talked about how long does it take to breathe one breath, either in or out, or maybe in and out at the same time. Not very long, is it? A matter of a second or two or maybe five, and then it's over. And he says that's what life is like, how long it lasts. It's like a breath. In Job chapter 7 and verse 16, for my days are but a breath. In Job chapter 8 and verse 9, because our days on earth are a shadow. Well, how long does a shadow last? We talked about that. If you're looking at maybe the shadow that is cast by a building as the sun comes up in the sky and begins to move across the horizon, well, you might say that shadow is cast there and and then as the sun moves on, the shadow's still there for a few hours, but eventually the sun passes and the shadow is gone. But what about a shadow that is cast by an individual who simply walks into the sunlight and all of a sudden there's a shadow there? But then he moves on and he goes inside, the shadow is gone. Almost as fast as it was cast, the shadow is gone. And so in Job 8 and verse 9, because our days on earth are a shadow, short-lived. Even if you think of just the time it takes for the sun to cross the sky on a given day, and the shadow is cast, and then it is gone. Job chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. We read that man is of few days. Few days. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. Oh, you think about the flowers growing up in the springtime, and they come up, and then blooms come upon those flowers, and oh, they're so beautiful, so encouraging. They're uplifting, aren't they? Emotionally psychologically. But then the blooms on most of those flowers really don't last very long, do they? Most of them, they're there just for a fairly short period of time, and then the blooms drop off. Now the plant is still there, the flower, the base of it, but it does no longer bears the beautiful bloom. We could also think of somebody buying a bouquet of roses or a bouquet of spring flowers, brings them in, puts them in a vase in their house, and Oh, they just enjoy them, and again, so uplifting. But those blooms in that vase, on those flowers in that vase, they're only going to last a short time. Within a couple of weeks, for sure, they're going to start to wilt and fade and die, and then they start to fall off. Oh, Job's, Job 14, verses 1 and 2 says, it comes forth, man's days, his life comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow. And there's that image again. In Psalm 78 and verse 39, we saw life described as a breath that passes away and does not come again. Now you see, that's the part that really ought to grab us. Once the days of our lives pass, well, they don't come back. They're gone. We can't call them back. They've been used up. Psalm 102 and verse 11, my days are like a shadow that lengthens and I wither away like grass. Well, there's that shadow image again. And now here's grass. And so again, we see the grass come up in the springtime and it's green and vibrant and beautiful and uplifting and encouraging. It makes us feel good. But then the fall comes, doesn't it? 
the colder weather sweeps over the land and the grass goes into dormancy, it dies, it turns brown. It's no longer growing. Psalm 103, verses 15 and 16. Here's that image again. His days are like grass, as a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. And then in Psalm 144, in verse 4, here are the images again that we've seen before. Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Well, why would the scriptures continually communicate this reality to us? That life is so short and the very vividly descriptive images that are portrayed in trying to get across that message that our days here on this earth are short, they're passing, because that is the reality that we need to deal with. We need to recognize that. Now, when somebody is 20 years old and they're doing what they want to do, and that's not always things that they should be doing, and they think, well, I'm only 20 years old. Look, hey, 60, 65, 70 years of age, that's way down the road for me. But we've all known people who have died when they were 20 years old or in their 20s, haven't we? I remember sitting in the living room of a young man one time, oh, a great many years ago, and he was kind of down in the dumps because, you see, he had just had a birthday. He had turned 24. <laughs> 24! And he was down in the dumps. He realized that he was getting older. Well, he was. Now, he's probably still alive. That's been a great many years ago, but he's probably still alive. But now, you see, the reality is every year, our days are getting shorter and shorter. He was coming to realize that in a rather vivid way, but he probably was overemphasizing a little much right then. But you see, you can't, think that, well, just because I'm 20 years old or 25 years old or 30 or 35 years old, that I have forever to get things straight in my life. You don't. You don't know when you will breathe your last. You don't know how fast those years are going to pass. And you don't know if maybe the Lord will come again first before you live to those 70 or 80 years. We need to get real. Now, the New Testament scriptures also bring out this important message that life is short. In James chapter 4, we begin reading with verse 13. And James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Well, we make plans like that, don't we? As though there is no doubt about tomorrow or maybe next year, if that's our plans, we're going to do such and such next year. Or maybe we say, you know, in two years, we're going to be here or be there. We're going to make this move. We're going to do this thing, whatever it is. And we just assume we're still going to be alive, still going to be physically able to do those things that we have planned two years in advance. But James goes on in verse 14 and he says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. 
For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Oh, he describes it as a vapor that's there for a short time and then it's gone. You might think of a the little bit of the whiff of smoke rising from the wick of a candle that is blown out. Doesn't take long for that to disappear, does it? He goes on in verse 15 and he says, Instead you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. You see, we need to quit putting off what we need to do to be right with God. Because knowing what we need to do to walk with God in faithful obedience and continually putting it off, not doing it, James says that's sinful. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 24, Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away. Well, we've seen those images before, haven't we? In other scriptures, Peter is reiterating them, bringing them to our mind once again. So you see, virtually from the beginning of the scriptures, all the way to the end, virtually, over and over and over again, we are told life is short. You need to be ready. So the question is, are you ready? Are you ready for what comes next? Now, as I said earlier, in just a moment, we'll give you the information by which you can contact us. Write that information down. Contact us. Ask for that free Bible study. It will teach you right from God's Word how you can be ready for that day when you will breathe your last upon this earth, whether it is far off in the future or whether it is very close to the immediate time in which you're living right now. We want to help you. We'll finish up this study next time. We look forward to being with you then.